the most beautiful place in the world, where a Tar Heel blue sky blankets Murphy on its way to the Tennessee border. It's a long way from Raleigh and the Outer Banks, but we're living in Carolina too. In fact, you might call it Extreme Carolina. With more, here's Michael Borkman. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to Extreme Carolina, the show that focuses on great people with great stories who prove in their everyday lives that anything is possible. We strive to bring you relatable life lessons from interesting and inspiring people as they live out their purpose on this earth. Get ready, folks. It's time for some good news you can use. And today we have one of my good friends. We go back a couple, two, three, four years, and uh, she is an amazing, amazing person. Uh, she's one heck of an educator and then worked her way right up the ranks to become the superintendent. And her name is Dr. Gina Conley of Cherokee County. And she's a superintendent over there, and they are rocking and rolling. And as before we came on to uh, start this uh, podcast, <laughs> I, I told her, she, she she made a comment and I said, can't nobody accuse you of not being hip. <laughs> so, so you folks in Cherokee County has a hip and and with it, a uh, superintendent. So thank you and good morning for being here, Dr. Connell. Good morning, and thank you very much for those kind words. Uh, Witty hip are not adjectives <laughs> used to describe me, so I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm sure some other folks are saying it. They just hadn't had an opportunity to tell you that. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, let's just dive right into it. So, Dr. Connolly, the the pandemic, the well, that's been the story on everybody's lips. But uh, when I when I heard about it, you know, of course, everybody's trying to do what they can to protect themselves. And I had someone had said to me, did you know what Cherokee County is doing that the, the kids can't go to school, but they're being fed? They're they're being food is being brought to them. And I thought, wow, that would be an amazing story. And then, lo and behold, who do I see in the local in the local Walmart? It was you? I saw you, and that was that was a few weeks ago. And I said, "Are you guys doing that?" And you say, "Yep." Really? Oh my goodness! Well, I just started a podcast, and I want to get you on it. You said, "Be happy to." So, thank you, thank you very much, uh, Doc Conley. So, where did this great idea come from? Because I know you sent me some information about since March sixteenth. You got, and I got to say this, I can't believe this staggering number. Since March 16th, you and your team have served over 200,000 meals. Yep. That's just mind-boggling. That's a lot of groceries. And, uh, <laughs> can you get, well, how did you come up or how did you and your team come up with this idea? It's amazing, Michael. I think that a certain brand of person is, is drawn to being an educator and to work with children because across the state of North Carolina, it seems like we were all thinking immediately on the same page. As mm -hmm. This was announced uh, the governor uh, came on a Saturday and told us that we would be closing immediately on Sunday. We organized and had a, had a meeting at central office. At that time, we had about 35 people here because that, Mm -hmm. Governor began with 
uh, having no meeting uh, greater than 100. So we were still under the cap at that point and had other superintendents on, on uh, the line so that we could talk through this. And we began coordinating with our state reps immediately and mm -hmm. knew that taking care of the students uh, primal needs there are you fed are you do you have shelter and are you loved was going to be critical mm -hmm. so thank goodness uh, the usda is such a powerful body and mm -hmm. because school budgets are set uh, before school even begins there was an entire pocket of money that was already designated for school lunches so we mm. needed to leverage that what we had to do though was to petition north carolina to allow us to use the yellow buses to deliver because there are very strict conditions on using those passenger buses so north carolina as a unit did step up the legislatures and with the state of emergency were able to pass laws that allowed us to use the yellow buses to deliver food and in spite of the fact that we have served over two hundred thousand meals and i'm also really proud of north carolina because they took all restrictions off those meals you don't have to be a student enrolled in cherokee county to take advantage really? of the meal absolutely all we need is your name and address and proof that you're mm -hmm. under 18 uh, and also we are allowed to feed children from age zero to 18. now i'm not sure that we want to start our our age zero babies off on cafeteria enabled us to, to serve a lot of people and we have many 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 stories of gratitude uh that have from folks that have said that they would have really struggled if we had not been able to do that. But we're not alone. Most of the counties in Cherokee County, most of the counties in North Carolina are also distributing meals using yellow buses. Uh, again, I think that educators think with a light mind. And mm -hmm. we all, as superintendents, particularly in the West, got together and called Governor Cooper, called our state superintendent, Mark Johnson, and said, this is what we need. We need you to right. buses. We need you to allow flexibility in the meals because we need to serve things that are primarily chef-stable, chef-stable. Mm -hmm. And then okay. we're on peanut butter overload for some of our kids <laughs> story applesauce is also a great shelf stable uh, item to add into the lunches and we did have a little fella meet us at the bus with a bag of about 20 applesauces and said i'm giving these back give them to somebody who who needs them and can like and likes them <laughs> <laughs> don't that. Is it, applesauce is not a hit in that family <laughs> they don't like applesauce but if you can bring me some more of that peanut butter we <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And have, using the buses has that believe it or not uh people are concerned about how expensive is this what is it costing us right. again we have preset transportation money that mm -hmm. to be used before the year was out. And right now we're delivering meals once a day. So that's one route. Mm -hmm. Typically we run two. Right. Transportation cost has actually been cut in half right now. Mm -hmm. the, the, there you go. The money allotted for meals, uh, we are well within the boundaries of what we typically normally would have spent. And we are serving a lot more children. So the taxpayers don't need to worry that this, uh, the way we're approaching this is putting an extra burden on mm -hmm. tax dollars. It's simply kind of pivoting or repositioning how we would have used the money anyway, if we had been in session. Fantastic.
That is fantastic. And I'm, and I'm sure the people will love to hear that particular information. As a matter of fact, how is this type of information getting out other than the world famous Extreme Carolina podcast? Other than that, how is this information is getting out? that you guys are doing that? Well, we do. Of course, we're very active on social media. All of our schools have an active Facebook page. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I talk on shows like yours as often as possible. And one of the jokes in Cherokee County is if you want information to get out, you've got telephone, television, and tell Gina. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. I like it. <laughs> and we take advantage of every opportunity we can to be on the radio, in the newspaper. And uh, people who really have uh, a stake in the schools and have children, mm-hmm. they seek out information mm-hmm. from us. So they know to check our website, check our Facebook pages. And, and again, I want to just put it out there. If you're new to the area, if you just moved here for and have circumstances and need lunches or breakfast, we serve actually serve breakfast and lunch every day. Uh, we put them both nice. in the same bag. So it's kind of a brunch depending on when the bus delivers to your house. So if you need lunches dropped off for your children, just call 837-2722, select Jennifer Rayfield or Justin Clapsaddle and leave your name and address and we can put you on the route. Tar Heel basketball, Cam's Panthers, Asheville's eclectic nightlife and the Great Smoky Mountains. It belongs to us too, out here in extreme Carolina. Once again, here's Michael Borkman. And now, speaking of meals, I know when kids come to school, one of the things that teachers do, they they look at their children. They want to know, you know, you're not into class today. Did you eat or whatever? You know, are you sleeping? So once those are met, now it's time to get the learning. This has got to be a chore to keep the learning going because you guys had the brakes that slammed on you right in toward the end of school year. So how are you able to do that along with the uh, the remote learning? Because that's what it's got to be because you can't be in the same room together. You are so right. We ha- I'm very proud, very proud of our teachers and our administrators and the way they approached learning as far as this is concerned. Of course, it's not optimum. Uh, students learn best whenever they're face-to-face with the teachers who love them and care about them and they can collaborate with peers. Mm-hmm. Uh, students learn a lot from one another. So we're missing that group dynamic, but doing the best that we can, I believe Cherokee County really, and most districts in North Carolina landed on its feet. Uh, believe it or not, uh-huh. we're, we're used to being isolated. We ha- are constantly trying to convince the people in Raleigh that there are schools past Asheville. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> and so we yeah. operate our own and to, uh, provide the best services we can with limited broadband with limited resources so i believe that we were able to punt back up and punt better than a whole lot of other districts we had been Mm. one-to-one in all of our schools grades six through 12 so that means every student had access to a chromebook already a chromebook is a Mm -hmm. uh it's a mid-level device that it doesn't have a hard drive, and we like that because we know all the things that you can hide on a hard drive. Yes, you can. <laughs> we don't have any problem accessing somebody's account in the cloud when we think you're up to no good. Uh, so, uh, but there's this misconception that a Chromebook doesn't work unless it ha- unless you have internet access. And to a degree, that's true. But what we are able to do mm-hmm. is load up work in the cloud, and a student can 
Mm-hmm. As long as they get to a point where they have internet access at least once a week, they could download that work, complete it, nice. then get back to internet access and, and load it up. And of course, even that's not been possible for some students. So remote learning also encompasses using, uh, I, we used to do some learning through, through the mail years ago. Michael, I don't know if you remember, it's called correspondence classes. Back mm-hmm. before the internet, there, there were people who would take courses finding right. with their professors using snail mail. And mm-hmm. kind of gone back to that, we've been able to produce packets and communicate with our students by putting these packets on the lunch buses and actually delivering them to the students at home who don't have the ability mm-hmm. of their parents to come in and get the appropriate work for them. So we've had to be creative and uh, reach all of our students as best as we can. And I feel pretty good about that. Of course, there's a few out there that we've not been able to contact or communicate with. We've done as many home visits as possible, but we, uh, uh, we still worry about the, those students. And of course we can't wait to get them back so we can put our eyes on them and make sure that they're all okay. That is fantastic. Dr. Connelly. The, uh, um, you know, we, we mentioned the teachers uh, just kind of briefly in that uh, scenario about getting the information up to the cloud. Now, I want to make sure that everyone knows and everybody do know it, but these teachers are impacted just as much. They love their students, as you said, and as we do know. Uh, but, I mean, they're so impacted. How have they been weathering this particular storm.com? Well, I think everybody has a different threshold in how they approach emergencies or approach situations, but we've had to, at our level, begin putting putting uh, aspects in place to take care of our teachers' social-emotional health. We have some teachers who are very attached to some of their students and extremely concerned and experiencing great mm-hmm. withdrawal, and we're almost as if one of their, their own children were gone, uh, particularly with some of our younger teachers who are not yet parents and have not yet had to experience letting their kids go away for to spend the night somewhere for the first time or lost for a month. And they have been extremely emotional about missing these students and the stories that I'm hearing about how they they call home. And I'm so glad that our community has been open to our teachers calling home. And we don't mean to be invasive. We just want to, to show that we care. And uh, in Absolutely. a particular story, uh, one of our first grade teachers at Murphy Elementary, she told me about the little boy who has to call her every night. And she lets him and she answers every time and hit with his mother right there. And he tells her every night, I love you, Miss Fairquaff. So. awesome that is fantastic you know there's a thing uh going around which i I 100 percent support it believe it but that's saying that our uh, medical uh, uh, people uh service folks that are you know we you see signs everywhere saying the you know heroes work here heroes work here I think somebody need to put a sign up in front of Murphy Middle and Murphy uh, <laughs> Elementary, Andrews, whatever all those schools are, and we need to put a sign up that says, "Teachers are also our heroes." I mean, just 
just seems like that should be something we should do. I really appreciate that. And I certainly feel that all of our people are heroes. But I know that I work with a group of very humble folks who certainly would not. They would be embarrassed uh, and and kind of feel like that they're not. But they truly are. I'm glad you said that. because, And I really appreciate it. Oh, it's the truth. You know, I'm not trying to make this up, butter anybody. It's just a fact because if if people really could look, pull the curtain back and look inside and see what's been going on. I mean, we we all are in our own little worlds, our little cocoon, because, you know, we haven't had to do this in our generation of just, uh, you know, not be able to go out and do things that we don't really you know, pay real close attention to what's going on at the schools and our kids' education. But we thank you so, so very much. But I want to keep it moving. Uh, Now, we're down at the end of the school year, and I know you guys got some type of plan to graduate the ones that are moving on. I know we don't have a lot of time, but can you elaborate a little bit on that? We've got five high schools and everyone is is extremely individual and has their own identity. And and because of the different numbers, we've had to approach it differently. Murphy High School Mm -hmm. had an amazing experience for their seniors. They did graduation by appointment. And the principal there, Mr. Forrester, actually wrote a paragraph about every single senior and was able to read that or speak that directly to them and to tell each senior what they meant to Murphy High School and what they meant to him as a student. And even though people were terribly disappointed, they weren't able to gather and have a traditional graduation. I so many stories from parents who were so grateful for this very personal and experience mm-hmm. that they and their child got to have in the gymnasium with Mr. Forrester and one of his staff members. We uh, did a drive-in graduation at with Tri-County Early College. Uh, we used the Peachtree Memorial Baptist Church parking lot because it was huge and there was an awning in case it rained. Joe Thorley, one of the teachers at Murphy High who previously taught there was the, uh, the student's preferred guest speaker, Joe say this joe Mm -hmm. was very funny he stood up and said i can't believe you finally made it i'm standing here and i can't believe all you cars are getting ready to graduate (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty cool that is awesome schools are Uh, are in one form or another doing something very similar that is fantastic now the big question the really really big one and we don't have a lot of time is the reopening and i know you can't probably just tell me exactly but that's got to be one of the biggest, hardest jobs trying to put that together that you have been a part of, or is it? Or no, it just- is. It's a real stressor. I'm one of six superintendents in North Carolina who has put on the, the state reopening. And I'm so glad I've been able to do that because, as I said, Mm-hmm. The West is lots of times forgot, and the West is very different than, say, Charlotte-Mecklenburg. So hopefully we will have opportunities available to us as far as being able to attend school that maybe the bigger urban populations are not going to be able to. We are doing some mm-hmm. things definitely that probably should have been done to begin with, uh, focusing on the education of hand-washing. Uh, that's a mm-hmm. good thing. We're going to, in Cherokee County, we're going to rip out every one of those water fountains. You know, you see those kids in the water and they all <laughs> yeah. put their mouth right on top of Ooh, yeah, they do. <laughs> so we're going to get the, we're replacing with the water fountains that, that you use to fill up bottles and going to make 
have access mm. to clean bottles every day. So we hope that will help with uh, with germs. There. And, uh, of course, we can social distance, I believe, in the classrooms. Most of our classrooms are good size. The issue that is vexing me personally are the buses. Kids are, our buses are loaded. Uh, kids are on top of each other. The state's just going to have to open up some money and let us have more buses and run more routes so we can have kids sitting separately on the buses. And that's not a bad thing, whether you have COVID up there or not. Mm-hmm. We've always had too many sitting with mm-hmm. each other on the buses and sharing germs and, and picking on each other. It would help with a whole lot of things. So a lot of things have needed awesome. to be done for years and we're just trying to be practical moving mm-hmm. forward. Will masks be a part of our future? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, we have varying opinions about that. So we'll just wait for the state and legislation to come out with some real guidance on that. Okay. Wow. I tell you what, this has been amazing. I've loved the information that you've given us and I wish we had more time, but we don't. But uh, thank you again, uh, Dr. Connolly. Extreme Carolina is committed to you, our listeners, to bring you leaders and newsmakers that are passionate and purpose-driven like Dr. Connolly and making a difference by listening to their stories. Extreme Carolina listeners will have the opportunity to refuel, reconnect, and get inspired by unlocking the power of the people. Quote of the day, folks, here it goes. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Thank you again, Dr. Connolly. Appreciate you Thank being you on here. the show. God you bless too. you. Keep up the keep up the great work and we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you. We're out. Peace. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.